0: Get your library card now at tdmlibrary.thediversitymovement.com.
1: You're listening to the Donald Thompson Podcast, and before we get started on part two of Don's interview with Matt Sheehan, CEO of Exhale Home, I want to let you know about a professional development webinar hosted by Don and Emmy Award-winning broadcaster, TEDx, and keynote speaker Sharon Delaney-McLeod. It's Thursday, June 17th at 12 p.m. Eastern Time, and you can sign up at amplifyyourpersonalbrand.com. But don't worry if you can't make it, sign up anyway and the video replay will be sent to you. In this webinar, you'll hear from two executive branding experts sharing their insights, knowledge, and experience to help you share your brand with the world. When you leave this webinar, you'll have actionable tips and tangible takeaways to step up your personal branding game, both online and offline. So again, that website is amplifyyourpersonalbrand.com and we hope to see you there. All right, let's get to part two of Don's Conversation with Matt Sheehan.
0: You can't stop me, nothing's gonna stand in my way.
2: Nothing, nothing. Welcome to the Donald Thompson Podcast. Thanks for coming back, Matt. Happy to be back. Let's pull back a little bit and you're a very experienced business leader entrepreneur. What are some of the things that being
3: an entrepreneur has done to prepare you to be a better leader it's a fascinating question and i know a lot of uh, leaders who are entrepreneurs first right so a lot of folks i know who have started companies they are amazing often better than me at seeing the world seeing the gaps in in the world um i'm a bit different i can do those things but i was a leader first so i'll go back to my to yeah. my my childhood a bit. I remember being, maybe it's because my dad scared me so much with an ax that I had (laughs) to find my soul early. But uh, for me, I started to recognize these moments that I now call leadership vacuums. And I know you'll recognize these, but these are moments when you're in a room, you're in a locker room, you're with a team, or you're with a family, and it gets really quiet. You know there's a problem on the table and somebody has to step up and lead. I remember athletics were a big thing for me growing up, and it I'm, I'm grateful because it w- it allowed me to find that voice. Now, you know, we're just doing a podcast. I'm a pretty short guy. I'm, <laughs> I'm maxing out at five, six and a half, and probably not that half. Um, so I had to find ways to be my best self. Mm-hmm. And I played uh, hockey through college, but I was never going to go pro, and I knew that pretty early. So I, I think I put a little bit of pressure on myself, but I also found... A voice in me to, to lead. And so that's what happened to me early. I was captain a lot of teams early and I, I love the pressure. I love the responsibility of, you know, getting a team or in any kind of team, or even my family, get them up when we're down, right? Get them focused when it's chaotic. I just, I love those moments. So that came to me first. What's piled on top of that is this intense passion for growth and, and for the new, I love change sometimes my people say enough change, like you're spinning, (laughs) you're spinning us. I've heard that in feedback before. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm sorry, but it's in my head and I got to get it out. Right. You know, so for me, those, the addition of the growth mindset, if you will, the change, the new that has layered on top of my desire to lead. And that has made me a entrepreneurial leader. And, uh, and I, I love mashing those two together. So what I've constantly found in my experience is when it gets really big or really stable it's time for it's time for time for me to go
2: you and i are very similar and obviously you've run some billion dollar organizations um, but it's still similar from what i'm seeing in that right you have to know what your lane is Hmm. right and i enjoy the chaos Hmm. i enjoy bringing uh, an organization from really a set of Lego parts, mm. right? And building something that has a brand and some marquee clients. But when it's time for some of the structure scale mechanics, right? There's a lot of other folks that can do some things better than I. When you look at your leadership journey and things that you've learned, I have in my notes, Mark Twain. Hmm. And so I've been waiting that through for, <laughs> you know, the the weeks that we've had this on schedule. Tell me a little bit where Mark Twain and some of that philosophy fits
3: in. You gave me a bit of a hint of some of the questions that might be coming. So I started to uh, prepare. And what, what hit me pretty quickly was the letter that Mark Twain wrote a friend, if you've ever heard this. And he wrote a very long letter. And at the end of the letter, he said, I would have written you a shorter letter, but I didn't have the time. And I heard that years ago, and I think we, we a lot of us have heard it. You're nodding your head, so I, I know you, you've heard it before. And it does say to me that simplicity takes a lot of effort and a lot of time. So when you mm-hmm. said leadership lessons, I laughed first, by the way, weeks ago. And I said, this is one podcast, man. I don't think I <laughs> could do that. So I started to listen to Mark Twain again and trim this down a little bit. So I can go through a bit of my truncated yeah. uh, list if, if that works. But that's I love my talk Mark Twain is always on my show. They're saying, take time, get it simple. Uh, the question about leadership is a broad one to me. And when I think about leadership, I break it into three segments, personal leadership, systematic leadership, and then strategic leadership. Personal leadership is, you know, how do we lead close in, right? How do I lead myself? Mm-hmm. How do I run my own personal life, my my family? Um, And maybe even those direct reports in a business setting. Systematic leadership is when you are called to lead broader than just a small team, you have to start thinking about how your voice can translate, how you can lead systematically across multiple folks or teams or geographies. That's different than one-on-one leadership. And then lastly, we can lead our people really well. We still have to make good decisions. And that's strategic leadership. How do we make decisions? Uh, does that framework make sense? It does. It does. Can I dive in? Yeah, please okay. do. All right. So on the personal side, uh, Mark Twain would probably not be too thrilled with me because I have too many, bull- <laughs> but I'm going to crunch this down for all you. So tough, right? um, we got plenty of tape yeah. and time,
2: right? <laughs> and before you start, like I'm all about free consulting. <laughs> so you talk, as well, you talk as long as you want. We're just <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, love it. I love it. Cool. All right. So um, I'll give you some bullet points under each, right? And then feel free to, you know, we can we can dig in. One is. My dad uh, carried so many lessons with him. He said, "Maddie, because you know, that's what we do in Boston. He said, you don't need a C on your jersey to be a captain. That's a lightning rod. I mean, to give me as a seven-year-old back then the the right, the ability, the willingness, the welcome that to go lead even if I wasn't the top, ooh, that's real power. That's real power. So for me, I try to share that with others as in... I despise hierarchy. Uh, now you need some hierarchy to sure. keep order in businesses, but in general, I want everybody to bring that t- and usually it's not the guys are on the board table who have the best ideas and you have to you have to give everybody that that, that view. So that's one see uh, in New Jersey. I, I firmly believe you have to know your track and this is another uh, tip my dad gave me. It's basically know yourself so well, know how you impact your environment. And that requires a lot of reflection, a lot of self awareness. So I have, you know, my leadership tenants that I've worked dearly hard to understand and, and operate on. And self awareness is a key. And I, I need to push myself more and others to really think about themselves. It feels selfish at times. There's no way to lead others if you if you can't lead yourself. You know, don't mistake leadership for authority. I see this all the time. I and, and it's 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 unfortunate. I did it early in my career a few times. I thought it was just, oh, they gave me the stamp and the badge, and now I can. It's not like that. True leadership, and I've made my mistakes along this path to learn that it is about serving others. And the great leaders get there because the folks on their team did great. We need to serve them and help them, and then the boomerang happens. When they produce and they perform and they're excited and engaged, all of a sudden you perform because your team's performing. Um, And so, though, I want to jump in there. It took me a lot of years to do that. The first
2: time I was in the big chair and leading a company, I was leading afraid. Hmm. And because I was afraid, I was harsh on every detail. Hmm. I was a little bit too aggressive because I didn't really know my place or my, my style. And as I matured and the reason that comment resonated, I started to simplify things and said, wait a minute. If I help each one of these 100 employees in my own way be 20, 30% better, Hmm. how strong can we be? Hmm. And so the moment I took my eyes off what I was going to do that day versus what we need to do and get done that day, I was able to retain more folks. I was able to recruit better. And that change was in me. And so I very much, you know, have a lot of lessons as, as, it's hard. as you do. But it's hard because as you move up the ladder in business and ranks, it is about your individual contribution, right? My sales quota, right? My right. report, my big deal that I won. But to really succeed as a long-term leader, it's got to be how we performed. And sure.
3: that was a big switch for me. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's great. Uh, next one is leadership is personal. Mm-hmm. I Hear this all the time. It's, it's not personal. It is personal. <laughs> That's right. It is personal. Um, specifically when you, you know, somebody might not fit and you have to have those really hard moments. And unfortunately, I've had to do it to some really great, sweet people. Um, yeah. It is personal. And, and I've been on the other side of that too. And um, it's not fun to to see or hear. It's, oh, yeah, it's just business. It's not business. So let t- take care of people along the entire journey, however long that is. Uh, I'll give you two more in this personal leadership side. Uh, Howard Bihar, the second in command at Starbucks, I've got to uh, talk with him a few times in the last six months. And um, he's written two books. One is The Magic Cup. And he says there, uh, and I'll quote him, it's not the climb, it's the character. And it is brilliant because as I think back on my career and I think about my career moving forward, I think about my kids and the stamp they'll make on the world. It is truly not about the resume. That's not what lets me sleep well at night. It's about the character. And I've made mistakes along the road. Certainly early on when I was, I was running and gun a little too fast, I wasn't taking care of those around me. Um, but I've certainly come to know, and Howard just hit it so well, that when I look back, it is my wake. Um, I want that to be that I left good character behind me, that I treated people well along the way. And it's true. That's what I think about a lot. And, and, and the mistakes I made, character mistakes early, those are the ones that really bother me. It's not the tactical, strategic, it's that, that stuff we'll get over. It's the character stuff that is, um, is, is sticks with me. And then, and then lastly, and, and I'll pause, is there's a big difference between stress and pressure. Pressure is when you work with your folks on the process. How did you get there? But if you really want an innovative company, mistakes have to be allowed. And stress is that constant hammering on the results. Now, I'm a very results-driven person, very much. For myself, I'm a a goal setter. But I do realize in an organization, when you're bringing the collective together, you have to put some through the magnifying glass on the way we got there. That's pressure versus stress. Does that make sense? It does.
2: And it's also table stakes for leaders now in how we must lead and we go into the future because the next generation can deal with and appreciate pressure but not leaders and managers that create constant stress. That's right. They'll, they'll move on. That's right. Right. And you have to earn the right to create that kind of pressure as well. And then, and that goes back to one of your other tenants and building that trust. And I'll tell a quick story. It was really interesting. We're in uh, the offices of one of one of our firms that, that I work with and there was a deliverable someone had and, and I said, hey, you know, Let's just say it's Julie. Hey, Julie, it's great to see you. She's like, I'm only kind of great to see you. And I was like, Whoa, what did that mean? She says, well, it's Friday. And I gave you a commitment and this project's just not ready for me to show you something. And I said, well, tell me, tell me what's wrong. couple X, Y, Z just didn't come out the right way that I feel good about it. I said, well, I'll tell you what, why don't you send me an email where we're at reset my expectation and I'll manage the other piece but you just deliver something you're proud of and I got it and then she just a weight dropped love it right and she was like thank you so much and our job as leaders is to manage the stress the pressure is already there Mm -hmm. she didn't want to deliver something that wasn't high quality that's already good what she was experiencing was stress something that could be taken care of of what that negative impact could be right and our
3: teams are have the pressure to deliver quality. As leaders, we have to help manage that stress. Right? It's great, great perspective. And yet, we have to keep that in balance because we also have folks we right. answer to, and results matter. And so, um, it, it's a it's, that's such an interesting dichotomy. A, is we as a system, as a team, as a collective, we have to produce. Um, but you got to give yourself some room as as the team to to miss a few times That's right. and individually, if anybody expects perfection, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't exist. And so, uh, yeah, I love that comment and what a, what a tough balance it is.
2: One of the things that has helped me because I've made so many mistakes in my journey, I'm not as judgmental anymore. <laughs> and to your point, Experience. my standards aren't lower, but I'm not judgmental. So I want to know the why. I want to know, to your point, where we got here and why we need to fix. How do we make it better the next time, yeah. so we're not here again? But people don't want to feel that judgment, right? But they're okay with
3: needing to rise to a standard.
2: Oh, right. Oh, and, oh they will and, step and, up
3: and, and step up and do that. Certainly, yeah. when you have their back and you show them that one time, they will. They'll be there late on a Friday night. They'll be there early That's Saturday right. morning, and getting it done because people are mostly um, self-driven. And, uh, oh, and here's the one thing. And this is like,
2: uh, young folks that are people that are into video games and different things, they have the term cheat codes, hmm. right? And what I've tried to teach my teams is that you want to create deliverables for your clients on Monday afternoons. You don't set deliverables on Friday, hmm. you set them on Monday afternoons. And the reason is because in your final debriefs on that Friday, if you're not ready, you have the entire weekend and then you have monday morning to address that monday afternoon delivery. and so in when i've been in service businesses i try to teach our teams don't set deadlines for friday. friday's a hard stop. but monday afternoon you can do your friday morning check-ins and most things you're going to deliver you can have a much better solution, answer, game plan. With 72 hours over the weekend. Mm. Doesn't mean you're not going to be inconvenienced over the weekend. Things are going to be hard. But to the client, they never knew you missed. And it was a project management, just little secret that I, I forget to really continue to convey. But it's all about when you set the expectation. And for a client, there's really no material difference unless you are mm. landing an airplane. Right. Do you mean like if you're in a, an airplane, there's a difference between Friday and Monday? But in most businesses, there's not a material difference between Friday delivery or Monday. But those two days in between to clean up if something didn't go quite right is
3: usually huge. Oh, I'm, I'm taking notes over here, man. That was good. Yeah. That's, so, that's no, brilliant. I, I love that. Brilliant.
2: Um, but anyway, I hijacked yeah. that. No, so no, my, no, no, I, no. That's I, that's what I, it's I, all about. I ask myself stuff. questions in the
3: home show. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I Thank love you it. for I, saying that, Matt.
2: Yeah. Here's my thought.
3: <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, that's great. So you were
2: on systemic, uh, systematic leadership yeah, and you were flowing from the personal.
3: Yeah, yeah. So if we manage ourselves well and our, our close in teams well, then when we start to grow as leaders, it becomes systematic. It becomes broader than that. And I do believe there are um, different requirements. This is not just great one-on-ones anymore. This yeah. is about how do 50 people in a warehouse hear that message? It's very different, right? And so uh, a couple thoughts on systematic yeah, uh, leadership, please. if you would. Um, I I think fit is really important. We all look at resumes and we look at backgrounds and all that. What I've come to find is that, I mentioned this before, I look for drive and humility. Almost in any role, I do believe in diversity, but I do believe there has to be some common characteristics that that get all of us on the same page. For me, and I do think businesses are an extension of leaders, that drive and humility are the key. So I mentioned that before, folks who just have that sense of awareness uh, reflection and drive to go be better than they are today. you give that to me all the time we're gonna we're gonna be in good shape. so fit I look for fit a lot and that's systemically right Bad news never gets better with age. So I have this this thing all the time because I am an optimist uh, people get a little uh, weirded out when they walk in it's the first time and they say oh I have good and bad news. I said bring the bad and we'll get to the good and they said but I thought the way you give feedback is yeah <laughs> feedback. You give some good, and and then you get to the uh, you, you get to the the tough stuff. When it's news about an organization or something like that, you have to go rid the red first. And um, you can have one bad thing can cause can wipe away ten good stuff. And so, as an organization, I think it's really important that you create an environment. And we've done a decent job of this in the past. I can always get better at that. Is is not blowing up on mistakes. Um, giving some room for that and give people the room to say, I made a mistake. Here's what happened. Here's my idea to fix it and move on. And if you can do that systematically, nothing will get brushed under the rug. That's really important. Next one is uh, debate, then hold hands. I see great examples of this, and then I see it uh, falling apart where you're in a, a meeting Uh, And this could happen in a team, in a room. It happens, you know, in leadership teams all the time where you have a really healthy debate and then folks walk out of the room and I've seen folks say, well, I don't really agree. That will crater culture. It'll crater a culture of of a team, of an organization. And so what I've always tried to do, and I've learned this from other great leaders that I've worked for, certainly my buddy Greg Kaplan who started Redbox, he was all about, we can have fierce debates, but... When that door opens, we're holding hands on the way out. And so that's super, super important. I mentioned before uh, uh, purpose and values driven businesses. I don't think I have to go into that yeah. more. But it's really an important one. Uh, we talked about culture. I do think in all this innovation and all the tech and all that, culture is the it's the hardest thing to copy. And it's been written about a lot in the last 10 years, and I'm happy for that because a decade ago, it was all about the tactical stuff, the stuff you can measure, the development time, the stops per day, whatever your business is. For me, the, the thing that's so hard to copy is the way people interact, the way you make decisions, the way you gel, the way you handle mistakes, and that's all in my mind culture. And that, I think, is hard to do, but when you get it right, it's... The most powerful thing there is in any business in any industry. You know, I'll say I'll say one more is uh, I do believe organizations need what I call connective tissue. Mm-hmm. So I'm a big one-on-one person. So when my direct reports, okay, I am almost robotic. Is whether it's Friday or now all my deadlines are going to get pushed to Monday. <laughs> so that's <laughs> my change. Um, I, I really believe one-on-ones are important to get a cadence because. Businesses are like organisms. They have a flow. It's the the boat with oars, and you got to get the whole flow going. But that one-on-one is the connective tissue because CEOs can send out emails all the time, and I know people delete them sometimes or often because they're busy and they have their world to to manage. And so how do you build that connective tissue within an organization? One of the ways is things like all-hands meetings. You know, every month, every three months, whatever your cycle is, get everybody together. Given technology today, you can, it's, it's much easier to do, but then it comes down to making sure managers actually meet and talk to their employees very frequently. And when you do that, then all of a sudden the ladder starts to build from the CEO to the leadership team, they're Enjoy. meeting weekly, and then they're meeting with their direct reports. And then the folks in the warehouse actually are hearing the message frequently that connective tissue is super important, but it is it, t- it requires discipline. And
2: and it's easy to get busy, right, from an executive perspective, right, thinking about things that impact you individually and not the things that impact the many. And that is that communication. And I was talking a lesson that I've relearned, you know, is I try to build companies like you do that our employees and team members have a lot of autonomy, hmm. right? And I was asking one of my leaders, I said, like, look, I've said people can organize their schedule. They can, if they have too many priorities, let's check, let's talk about it. And it was really, you know, a VP of business development at TDM, she said, Don, it's not that people aren't hearing what you're saying, but most organizations don't truly operate like that. Hmm. Most people are coming from environments Hmm. where things are dictated to them. That means you have to continue to share this new model, demonstrate this new model, and we will get it. But it's not going to happen like you think overnight because we have to unlearn, Mm -hmm. right, that relationship between trust and leadership where it's not been done well in in certain organizations. And that was such great feedback feedback. because it gave me clarity that I have more work to do, right? I can't say it once, twice. I've got to say it probably 20, 30, Mm -hmm. a zillion times. Mm -hmm. I have to model it, understand that, but that it will sink, and and getting that perspective from one of the leaders in, in my organization was helpful to me, right? Because I was like, well, I said it twice, like, <laughs> right? If you need a little bit That's different true. in your schedule, if you have too much exercise, like, nah. once you get to fifty, we'll we'll get it, and then we have to live it.
3: Oh, rep- repetition is is key. And I've seen people, to your point, come into open organizations like that and be very uncomfortable because it was it was very command from the top. And in some environments, that may work. You may need yeah. that in some environments. So not all companies are created equal, as, yeah. as you know. But um, in this world, uh, certainly in the services world, and uh, tech, I, I think you, you have to have that openness. And, uh, and, and people will get there, but maybe more than 50 times. More. Yeah,
2: that's right. So I could literally, without exaggerating, talk to you for hours. <laughs> but you're running a, a business. What haven't I asked you about? That you'd like to share?
3: Yeah, it's been uh, it's been broad and, and a great conversation um, sharing with like minded folks uh, about that. And so you know, for me, I just I love the role that business has in my case, members' lives, right? So that we can create that peace of mind. But it's also a responsibility as a citizen mm-hmm. that I believe businesses have, and and that's not uh, a political statement in any way, shape, or form. I I love the responsibility that uh, organizations have and the impact they can on on the world and i've said for a long time uh, the world will continue to have issues and we've had issues for for a long long time sure. and oftentimes the rate of those issues grow faster than uh, nonprofits can keep keep up now i'm a big fan of nonprofits i sit on i guide one today But I think we need entrepreneurs to step in and create, what I say, sustainable solutions. And so I guess my last thought would be just celebrate the business folks out there who are trying to start something hard, who, uh, because I've been, as you have, in that foxhole before, keep at it, Uh, keep working hard. And there are some issues that um, we need to solve as entrepreneurs. And when you can make money at solving an issue, Ironically, that's sustainability. When you don't have to go back to the well every year and raise more money, uh, that to me is is hard to do. And I know some great nonprofit folks, but just hats off to obviously the nonprofit folks. But to the entrepreneurs out there, just keep at it. It's hard. But when you get there, its um, uh, I'm not sure there's much more rewarding. That is awesome. I I fear, I question my drive. I tell myself I'm worth it. No one's perfect. I gotta try.
2: I'm working at my craft. This podcast is edited and produced by EarFluence. If you're looking for more information on how full service podcast production can amplify your voice, build your community, visit EarFluence.com. Thank you for listening and we'll see you soon on the Donald Thompson podcast.